Welcome back to ADRA Insider. This month is moving quickly along, but we're excited to bring you more content. Today's episode is going to be a bit of a departure from our normal structure, but it is something that we are hoping to do more of as time goes on. This is our very first extended interview episode of Season 6. Max sat down with our special guest, Campbell Page, who is the Director of Indigenous Ministries for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Canada. Campbell Page is himself of Cree and Métis heritage and shares some of his personal and professional perspective on the work that ADRA and the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Canada are doing to make a real difference in the lives of the people who inhabited these lands first. I also just want to interject that for me, being able to conduct this interview is pretty meaningful. Last year when I joined the ADRA team, I had the privilege of sitting in on a presentation that Pastor Campbell gave on this topic. It left a really meaningful impression on me, especially because of my own heritage. One theme you'll hear come up a little bit in this episode is the idea of reconnection, a process of rediscovering culture and practices that many indigenous and colonized people often have to engage in. On one side of my own family, I have heritage from Okinawa, an archipelago of islands in the Pacific Ocean that once existed as its own kingdom, but was eventually annexed by Japan and for a time held by the United States after World War II. I was raised, generally speaking, Japanese, but in more recent times in my life, I've embarked on the journey of reconnecting to the specifically Okinawan parts of my heritage. So while the story of my people took place half a world away from here, there are many things that I heard in this conversation with Pastor Campbell that were very inspiring and very instructive to me. Just wanted to throw that in there. I also just wanted to mention that many of you who have listened to some of the earlier episodes in this season may have noticed that at times... Teresa's microphone might have sounded a little boomy and like there's a lot of room noise. Um, The ADRA office doesn't really have a designated studio space right now. And so as we've been kind of building the identity and the and the workflow of this season, kind of mid flight, kind of building a plane in the air, um, there's been a bit of a learning curve. I work remotely. And so there's been some difficulty in being able to like produce Uh, Teresa's side of the recording, but I think we finally nailed it. I think those of you who are listening today will notice that her microphone sounds really good. We actually have the same microphone. It was just a matter of making sure that the rest of her setup was working for her, but I think we figured it out. And I think from here on out, you can expect solid quality from us on audio front. And uh, I'm just really excited about that. So yeah, Teresa, take it away. This is going to be a really great episode. So let's get right into it. I'm your host, Teresa Ferreira, and this is the ADRA Insider Podcast. The month of June is Indigenous Peoples History Month here in Canada, and work among Indigenous communities has long been a significant part of ADRA Canada's mission. Canada as a nation, has a long history of violence and disrespect toward Indigenous communities. In accordance with our Seventh-day Adventist Christian principles, we believe that all people must be treated as children of God, made in the image of our shared Creator. As such, all human beings are worthy of respect, dignity, and freedom. ADRA Canada acknowledges that the land on which we gather and work is the traditional and treaty territory of the Mississaugas and Chippewas of the Ashinabeg, presently known as the Williams Treaty's First Nations. 
ADRA recognizes the resilience of these communities and their long-standing contributions to this region. In the last few years, ADRA Canada has partnered with and supported Canadian Seventh-day Adventist churches across the country in truly carrying out projects to help Indigenous communities. Within the last year, the Edmonton Filipino Seventh-day Adventist Church has helped to build garden beds for the Paul First Nations located nearby them. Also in Alberta, the Lethbridge Church has been carrying on the ADRA Delivers program since the thick of the COVID-19 pandemic. While helping many Albertans, this food security project also sees essential food items delivered in bulk to the Blood Nation and the Pikiani Nation. These Indigenous communities then handle the distribution and management of these food resources internally. Our work has also involved sending water filtration resources to communities in Iqaluit, Nunavut, when dangerous gas leaks threaten to contaminate their water sources. Another way that ADRA is supporting the participation of Indigenous youth in educational programs was to encourage the rediscovery of their heritage, their culture, and their history. ADRA Canada considers it an honor that these Indigenous communities are willing to receive assistance from us, and we are grateful to have Indigenous people as members of the Seventh-day Adventist community in Canada, including Pastor Campbell Page, who you will hear from now. I would say to, to know me is um, I'm very connected to my family. Really important that I'm a, a father, I'm a husband, um, that I am a Cree man. And the, all of the, what that means, although it's been something I've had to bring back into my life because of the whole process of assimilation and that, mm -hmm. uh, it's been rekindled. But it's, it's a very, very important part of my life. Uh, following Jesus is also connected with that. And mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm a person who loves to learn, uh, loves to share, loves to dialogue about all kinds of things. Very, um, a very inclusive person. Um, talk about anything to anyone. <laughs> um, no judgment, just love getting to know people. That's awesome. That is, that's a fantastic personality introduction. I find people sometimes have a hard time separating themselves from what they do and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And that, I think mm -hmm. that's really cool to have that kind of value-based insight into yourself. That's awesome. You are an interesting person. And I know you've, you've kind of mentioned that, that issue of like reconnecting to a part of your heritage that, you know, it, it is something that does get kind of wiped to the side because of assimilation and the the history in Canada and like and mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, and there's a lot of conversations that happen uh, today about that that clash of cultures, not even clash because obviously there's a pretty strong power dynamic there. Mm -hmm. But how do you, as a person who does identify as a Christian but who also has indigenous heritage that's very important to you, how do you navigate the dynamic at play there? because, I know a lot of people would see that as being very complex um, and very challenging. And there might be some, you know, people have stereotypes in their minds too about like, well, if you're this, then you can't be this and whatever. But how do you navigate the, that intersection? Mm -hmm. No, very good question. Um, I, I guess in a couple of ways, one is um, having spent <laughs> quite a few years, I think three different degrees in, in theology that 
people need to come to understand that the Bible is written by Indigenous people. So really, really important to, if you go back to, especially Hebrew scholars and things like that, um, Dr. Larry Herr out at uh, Berman, they will tell you that this this was an Indigenous group, the, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people. And so understanding what they're saying is really important. And westernized Christianity, which is what most of us think of when we hear the word Christian, isn't always as in tune with biblical Christianity <laughs> right. as we would think, uh, as we would hope even maybe. And so when I look at those two things, um, and, and I sit and talk, I in fact, this last week, I was meeting with an elder. Um, I won't share who that elder is, but if, if I mentioned their name, uh, sure. a lot of people would very much recognize that name. Mm-hmm. And they they were sitting, sharing with me, and mentioned that following the Bible and following Cree teaching in this uh, sense uh, that they're almost the same. When you think of it, the the Cree the Cree view of Christ, uh, of spirituality is you are to be one with Creator in your heart soul mind and strength they use different it's the emotion it's spirit it's body and it's mental exact same things when jesus is asked what's the greatest commandment right exact same basis for spirituality right it sounds like Um, the shema yeah exactly and it's you know those are the types of things that for for me um, i often tell people i've become a, a better biblical believer by understanding who I am as a Cree person. That's really cool. That's My indigeneity has actually helped me understand uh, the, the Bible more and understand what it means to, to live authentically with God, right? Or creator. Um, so it's, uh, that for me, that that's very freeing. It's, um, I, I made a choice uh, about 10 years ago when I left church ministry, like congregational ministry, Say, I'm going to live authentically from now on to who I am, be true to me, um, and right as Creator leads me. And in that process, there has been this um, recognition that I need to be true to who God is calling me to be in whatever I'm doing. Um, right. But, and this is sometimes a challenge with, with a lot of Canadians who don't get that. Um, and especially those who are in the church and think, you know, like has often been the case that you don't have, uh, you know, you can't be Indigenous and be a Christian. Um, there's nothing farther from the truth. Um, and, but the, the the picture that the church usually portrays to most Indigenous people is exactly that. And so it's, you have to give up your culture, you know, probably your language, your your family circles, all these other things in order to be, become what is really just an Adventist Christian, you know, a culturally right. Adventist Christian. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a, Richard Twist has this statement. Um, he's deceased now, but an Indigenous theologian. And he sa- he makes a statement about how all cultures are sin-stained. 
So even Adventist culture, Western Adventist culture, African Adventist culture, however you want to look at that, all of them, right? right? Because we're humans, we're stained with sin. So be careful. Um, I would caution people, be very, very careful in what you're saying shouldn't be a part of someone's life. Let Right. Let the spirit do what he's supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Profound thoughts there. Thank you for that. Um, you mentioned uh, transitioning out of kind of congregational ministry and into something else. And I'm assuming that that's something else, whether immediately or eventually, is kind of what led you to what you do now. Is mm. that correct? More or less? I, I think, yeah, there, there's a good amount of truth in that. Okay. Um, it enough. led me to it led me to multi faith, multicultural, mm. uh, professional chaplaincy. Uh-huh. So when you think of um, chaplains within healthcare settings and things like that, um, that led me. Uh, you know, I, I, when I left pastoral ministry, I wanted to stay within spiritual leadership. Um, and I was also at that same time in that um, process of living more authentically. Right, And so one was really, really strongly delving back into my roots as a person. Um, And then also, how do I go? Because I love talking about spiritual things with people, Um, anything, like I said, but spiritual stuff, especially. How do I do that in a way that, you know, engages me, is part of what I do? And that's where... You know, I am still a, a specialist chaplain here in Canada. It's the same as board certified as in the U.S., if gotcha. anyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, very involved with that. Um, and that's really what opens up this this opportunity. of Let's just have conversations, dialogues, right? And see what we have in common, see if we can maybe help each other in our journeys. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, from there... Um, went into high school chaplaincy for a little bit, uh, Kingsway. I'm sure some will recognize that name. Many will, yeah. <laughs> and and out of that, then I was asked um, as a Cree person and a Métis person to uh, come in and do the position I'm doing now, Indigenous Relations for the SDACC. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about what that entails. Like, what does your day-to-day look like in that role, in that position? Hmm. Um, as was shared with me, um, we, let me back that up. I will, when I was asked to, um, you know, let my name stand for election for this position, I said, um, if you want it being all about, you know, the direct evangelism, um, I, I won't be that person because evangelism and the Canadian government, the the connection of church and state together, especially in the idea of evangelism, is what has created the you know the terrible conditions that we have today. But if you want someone to have it so that the name, you know, if an Indigenous person or community in Canada is looking to find some help to make their community better, to make it healthier, right? Partners who will help to do that, no strings attached. Then I said I would love to. Um, do that right i would love to lead that kind of work and so that's kind of the 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 process we've been using and with that is teaching uh all of our members at least those who want to (laughs) um how to how to 
understand what exactly has happened here, right? So often we try to uh, to deal with the symptoms. You know, people will see of poverty and other things. What got us to that place, right? And so helping people understand that, helping people understand that people today aren't uh, to blame, right? They shouldn't feel guilty about what has taken you know, or inappropriately feel guilty right. <laughs> about what's happened in the past. But it's, you know, as we become aware today, how can we be responsible for creating, you know, the rendering unto Caesar what is Caesar and to God's what is God. So as we're living here as people in this amazing country, Canada, how do we do that so that it's equal and fair and equitable for everybody? And so I, I, I help people all kinds of projects across the country, uh, Indigenous and non-Indigenous members who are finding ways to do this. We So we support those projects. I, I help them find funding for those projects. Just in this last year, we've I've brought in probably about seven to $800,000 into the Indigenous work in Canada that wasn't taking place really before. So those types of things, training, um, all kinds of training, but most of it's built around cultural competency. Um, right. Those kind of ideas. So it's actually connecting to with adverts, much more of a humanitarian work. Right. Um, rubbing elbows. And I'm sure like happens with address. Someone says, we're so glad you're here. Why are you doing this? <laughs> right. And, and people get say, well, you know, what's what my faith is about. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that opens up other doors for conversations. Yeah. It's, well, it's really to create a better Canada. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because there are people who would think that uh, the humanitarian thing is not inherently the work of the gospel. And then I think there's others who say like, no, no, it definitely is. Right. Like the, mm-hmm. w- what we believe Jesus started deeply involves helping people and caring mm-hmm. and working towards, I mean, God is in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So what better ministry for us to have, right? Very true. And we, you know, we, we often think of the preaching and teaching Jesus did, but one of his biggest parts of his ministry was healing. Right. That doesn't, that wasn't just, you know, the, the miracles he performed, you know, it was the healing of people. I mean, isn't that what the redemption story is? Right. (laughs) Right. We, we're broken, we're unhealthy, and God is here to restore that. Mm-hmm. Right? And just recognizing, the other thing I tell people is, you're not bringing God to anyone. No matter mm-hmm. where, what you're doing, where you're going, God's already there. Yeah. So, you know, I, I tell young people respond to this a little bit better sometimes, but some, some more mature people do too as well. I don't know if that's, or seasoned is sure. seasoned is a good Seasoned part. folks, yes. <laughs> That you know, making a, a a game of it, so to speak, of you know, how how can I go into any type of situation with any type of person and start looking for what where God is, what is God doing in that person's life, yeah, and meet meet God in that space instead of trying to you know say, oh, I've got to tell him this or that, yeah, Let's see what the Spirit's doing first and follow what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Yeah, that's cool. Um, we mentioned the term reconciliation and that's, I mean, it's a big one. That's a big term. It's a big (laughs) concept. 
for you in the kind of things that you see on a day-to-day basis in relationship to your heritage, in relationship to your work, um, and relationship to spiritual things. What does reconciliation mean at this point in Canada's history? What does reconciliation look like? What does it entail? Hmm. Mm. That's yeah, That's a there's lot. a number of I facets know. to that. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> first first of all, I would say, and a lot of us as indigenous people are trying to use the word, it's a new word, I guess, reconciliation. Oh, okay. If there is if there is no action to it, is it really reconciliation? Right. The other thing is um, in the process is helping Canadians recognize reconciliation is usually thought of as you know I, I don't get along with the family member and they don't get along with me so we've both done something that you know we need to make sure that's been reconciled right when you think of the ministry jesus gives us right god hasn't made any mistakes he hasn't right. messed anything up right um, so yeah and yet he's expected you know not expected but but he's making all the effort, mm-hmm. right? Um, in this whole process, we just need to respond, really. Mm-hmm. Um, in Canada, what has been happening? I don't. I want to first of all say that there's been improvement. There has been okay. um, a lot of improvement. Sadly, most of it has really come in the last few years since uh, Mark Graves started to be um, discovered, right? By discovered by non-Indigenous people. Indigenous people knew they were there. Um, and so in that process, it's there, there's an atmosphere right now where people are starting to recognize, okay, there's, there is a story here, a history yeah. that we haven't been aware of. Um, and so to me, reconciliation, a part of it for everyday Canadians is to say, you know, ask the questions, why? didn't I know about this? It's been going on the whole yeah. history of Canada. Right. There have, there have been people like Dr. Dr. Peter Bryce in the early uh, 19th century, 18th, sorry, 20th century, that, um, you know, national doctor, he came out to say, you know, that things have to change and he quietly got pushed to the side. And, um, you know, so why is it that this has been done this way? Like, when you think of what's taken place, all of it's been done in the name of Canadians. Right. But Canadians have been kept in the dark about it. Right. That's heavy. That's heavy. Yeah. And, you know, I, I am of mixed ancestry. So that part of me is like, it makes me mad. Like, yeah, absolutely. And, and but once you realize that, you know, um, our responsibility is to the country. You know, we, in a democratic society, we are the government, right? We are the ones that right. are part of that. And, and so how can we, right, um, step into that space of, of helping people? And I would first of all say, um, whatever you're thinking the answer is, um, go and talk to Indigenous people first. Right. Most indigenous people will come and say, there's nothing for us to reconcile. Right. right? Um, if there is, it's probably the anger <laughs> um, 
that's there. But that anger has a, a what would you call it, a righteous space. <laughs> it's a very understandable anger. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that it would be you know uncommon for anyone else, but can you know talk to Indigenous people, ask Indigenous people what reconciliation is about. There are at least three. Um, documents that, that I would encourage indig- or non-Indigenous Canadians to, to read. Um, the first is the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's final report. Um, it came out in 2015. Uh, there is a summary, so you can go through those. <laughs> but there is 94 calls to action that say, if you want to talk about reconciliation, do these things, right? Right. For every facet of Canadian society. Yeah. There's also a final report for the uh, national inquiry into the murdered, missing Indigenous women and girls. Yeah, we have over two hundred calls to justice. Um, that those are things that right. Those are places where Indigenous people's voices have said, "Here's how you can help. Here's how you can be a part of the solution." Yeah. Um, there was also a, a Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples done in 1996. It's kind of the foundation for where the Truth and Reconciliation Commission report came and a number of okay. others. Mm-hmm. And then ask the question, if you get through all those, and I hope people would, ask the question why there has not been a huge amount of improvement mm. since, let's just say, 1996 yeah. to today. And that's where I would come and say, um, governments are really never going to change these things. Well, maybe rephrase that. Politicians are likely not to change to change these things. Right. It takes everyday Canadians to stop and say, "There's an issue here." You know, the oppression, the assimilation, um, the genocide. There's actually a motion before the House of Commons, a unanimous motion for what's happened to be called genocide. So our parliament has taken those steps. Wow. So to, to go through those, to see what those say to us in, in the different various parts of our, uh, our experience as society. And then, um, listening to indigenous people, right. Um, again, they, we have the answers. We know, what needs to be done, and we've been telling it for hundreds of years. Right. Um, so let's sit down at the table and talk. Let's really listen to each other. Yeah. Um, we're here. It's always been. Let's share this land. That's always been from the indigenous side. It's why right. indigenous people have never broken a treaty. Hmm. Right. King government has broken every single treaty <laughs> multiple times. Right. It's it's a sacred covenant for us. Hmm. that all these newcomers, there's more than enough here for all of us to have good quality lives, mm-hmm. um, be happy, or raise our families, get an education, have good jobs. Mm-hmm. Those are all the same things, the same values that non-Indigenous people have, Indigenous people have. I think and it's such if, an interesting world, yeah. sorry, I cut you off. No, no, it's such ahead. an interesting worldview piece, right, to talk about the sacredness of that kind of agreement, and even to use the word covenant, like like we're not like you said, kind of plugging into a very, very well-established tradition that exists all over the world, right? The, yeah. the idea yeah. of the sacredness of like a pact between people. Um, yeah. I just think that's really interesting. Yeah, it's and then the Canadian government has always seen it as a business proposition. Right. 
huge so contrast can, in worldview. You world can view. see the <laughs> yeah what takes place. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's get involved if you don't know how. There's all kinds of websites. The uh, math. Uh, what's uh, ntrc.ca? I think it is National Center for Truth and Reconciliation. So nctr.ca. All kinds of ideas there. You just have to plug it into Google, honestly, mm -hmm. and there'll be stuff. You can specify it for your own local area. Mm -hmm. um, ADRA Canada is taking stronger steps into uh, making more of the Canadian work mm -hmm. focused on helping Indigenous nations. Mm -hmm. So look look for the Indigenous projects that ADRA is doing as well. Yes, and we'll have a bunch. I'll get a bunch of this stuff and put it in the show notes as well. Cool. Um, but can you also talk about a little bit of what's going on that you've seen that are good strides being taken right now, whether it be ADRA or the SDACC or whatever? Mm -hmm. What are some things that you're seeing that are happening that are like, oh, that's a positive sign. That's a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, two years ago, uh, very early in 2021, just before the uh, Mark Graves, um, I had started a process and brought it to the national board and they voted a, a mandatory course made by First Nations University um, yep. and that that was to have all of our employees were to go through that all of the organizations like supporting organizations employees their boards so that when we come to understand you know or when we come to say what can we do we're all starting with that same foundation right? it's, it's a very beginning course right um, there's so much more but it gives that common uh, language, that common ground, a bit of an understanding. Okay, there is more to this than I thought. Um, yeah. Right. And so we've had that. Um, we have provided different resources to our teachers so that in the classroom, we're getting appropriate um, materials. Uh, two classes have been created at uh, Berman University. Okay. For, cool. So also mainly for our teachers, but anyone can take those classes at Berman. Right. Then there's the actual specific projects in each conference. Um, we have been working uh, where we're asked, <laughs> right. but um, we are we've been in the process of creating Indigenous Ministries teams. We want a lot of those to be led by Indigenous people, obviously. Right. But reconciliation, right, is us doing this together. Right. Um, and so we're creating those teams. All of the Western conferences are either have or are in the process of that. I've just heard from Ontario, they're doing uh, something very similar. They've just voted uh, Pastor Edwards as their uh, Indigenous Ministries is one of the, the hats oh, cool. he'll be wearing now. Wow, cool. So that's great. He has a huge passion for that work. Um, uh, visiting camp meetings. We are also doing some health coach uh, training across the country. So contextualized into indigenous communities yeah um there yeah there's and plus we're building resources i have to mention um um there is a new video series that brad and deanna dennis which are their uh, brad's poet and um by marriage and adoption uh into the the nation so is uh, deanna they are just in their presently work moving to from bella coola in bc to williams lake Okay. They have put together a series that is created by, um, well, it's created by them, but it's for Indigenous um, Adventists to hear from in other Indigenous Adventists 
how do you walk with Jesus? You know, go back to the question you asked me early on. Right? Yeah. So this is going to be a 10-part series. The first one is out. We're revealing it on the 21st, Indigenous Peoples Day. Cool. This month is a great month to go out and, you know, there'll be all kinds of things around the country where people, Indigenous people are saying, hey, come and learn. Right. Indigenous people want to share these things. Mm. It's just learning to, to, to be respectful in that process. They sometimes we also get exhausted from explaining it over and over. So yeah, I I would imagine be, so. Be aware of that fatigue that sometimes can be there as well. Yeah, very understandable. And the other thing is, um, my email is page page dot campbell at adventist dot ca. If you want to know more, get a hold of us. You know, send me an email. We can tell you more too if you're looking to do things. There you go, folks. You heard it here first that uh, he's open to questions and to to hear from you so yeah. if you're listening to this and you want to know more about hey what's what's the adventist church doing in canada with regards to the issues facing indigenous people this is the guy to get a hold of and you know we'll put again the relative relevant information in the show notes um also if you're listening to this and you want to know about uh address national programs uh, i'll have the contact there for you there as well it's uh, been pastor daniel saw who's in charge of that and you know, th that's how I began hearing about some of the projects that we've been doing in, you know, various provinces to try to help out different indigenous communities. And mm -hmm. to me, it's always been, it's been cool to like, listen to this and watch it play out because I think many people, I mean, I, I grew up knowing the history and hearing the history about what happened in school, probably not enough, but I knew that there was a lot of terrible stuff that happened and to see kind of, uh, a surge of new energy come into people's awareness about that and people's dissatisfaction with what's been done so far, I think was really, uh, you know, encouraging to me to say like, okay, so people do care. And maybe, maybe we're living in a moment when like actually something will be done with that. We can actually band together and do this. But again, it does mean all of us having to stare it in the face and say like, okay, we have to take this seriously and we have to mm -hmm. do, what was you said? Uh, reconciliation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's uh, I'm going to hang on to that term. That's great. <laughs> that's awesome. One other thing I put out there, Max, is yeah. that um, part of our biggest challenge is those Canadians who struggle in different ways with, um, recognizing this history, right? right? It, we all have an identity as people here living here in Canada, and yeah. when that gets kind of confronted, it, it's not necessarily a comfortable place to be in. Some people sit in that and try and say, "Hey, you know, I don't, I want to kind of change. You know, I want to see if you know pursue this." Others will be like, "You know, I don't want to do anything to do with this." Um, I want to put it out there for any of your listeners that if if you completely disagree with what I've shared and what I've said and that view of history, mm -hmm. I would also love to sit down and dialogue and have a conversation because yeah. if we can't sit at a table, <laughs> right? Uh, even yeah. if it's symbolic, it's one phone to another. Um, we we need to be able to sit down and listen to one another and talk and see our, our common humanity in this. And I, I just, whether peace will agree with me or not. Yeah. Um, but we need to talk and I would love to, to hear from them. 
Yeah. And that's, uh, I, I just want to applaud your uh, approach there, you know, as someone who, so like I'm half um, Okinawan. And so I find myself in spaces sometimes where I'm like, oh, you've never heard of that before. You don't know what happened in World War II. You don't know what happened in this, that, and the other. And then having to do that, occupying the in-between space and saying like, oh, okay, I, I've got to help you play some catch up here. And that's a, it can be draining sometimes, but it's also that like, um, you can be an advocate and you know, it's a, it's a demanding role at times, but it's also, I think a very powerful role to be able to say like, I can stand in that gap between like two different people groups that both make up part of me. Um, and I, I see that exemplified in you very thoroughly. And I just, I just want to applaud that because that, that takes a, you know, it, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of um, focus and self-awareness and, uh, you know, careful thinking. And I, I do really appreciate that. So, and I appreciate you being part of the show today. Like really, I truly do think it's a, a great contribution. And I hope that people have learned something new and maybe reinvigorated their desire to make a, a real change uh, in Canada and in the many communities that were here before Canada. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> We really hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation. You can check the show notes if you'd like access to any of the resources mentioned during the interview. And as a reminder, ADRA Canada's national programs do include work among and alongside Indigenous communities. More and more, Seventh-day Adventist communities all over Canada are making a tangible effort to demonstrate care and respect for the first people to inhabit this land. We simultaneously recognize the many wrongs committed against them in the name of religion, as well as the inherent dignity bestowed upon them by the Creator of all things. We hope this episode is helpful for those who are beginning to think through what it means to dialogue with Indigenous communities or to partner with them in building a better world for today and tomorrow. There is a long way to go still, but we believe that one day God will step in and make all things right. Until that day comes, our mission at ADRA is still to serve humanity so all may live as God intended. Thanks for listening to the ADRA Insider Podcast, and we'll see you next time.